You're listening to Gyra City Orlando's podcast, where we believe that you were designed, purposed, and positioned to change the culture. We hope this week's episode encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. What is up, Gyra City? Man, I'm so excited and glad that you guys would join us on this beautiful Wednesday night. I actually don't know if, if it's beautiful at the time of this recording. I'm not. It's not Wednesday night. But either way, I'm so glad you guys would join us. And hey, if it's your first time or your first time in a long time, we're going to say it every single week because it matters to us, because you matter to us. We want you to know that you are allowed to belong before you believe and that the moment you click on this link or when we can meet in person again, the moment you walk through those doors, you are family here at Gyra City. You are our priority. Gyra City was made to get to know you and to reach you and to be family to you. We love you and you are important and we're so thankful that you would choose to be here. Whether you're watching this live with us right now or you're watching it on playback on YouTube or you're listening to it through the podcast, we're so excited that you're here with us today, and what a great day to join us because it is week two of a series that we are currently in that we are calling, come on guys, help me out in the live chat, that we are calling Vibe Check. Vibe Check is a series that we are doing on mental health in the month of May, and man, last week we talked about depression with the title of the, the sermon being The Depression Deception. If you haven't seen it, I would highly encourage you after this message, not right now, but after this message to go and check it out and let us know if it blesses you. We're just so glad that you're here, and man, we're, we're so excited that you would choose to be with us this week. So I, I want to start off tonight by reading us a portion of scripture from Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 to 39, and it reads like this. It says, Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, Sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Verse 39 says, He went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Today, I want to speak to you guys from the subject, The source is the solution. Come on, type that in the chat right now. Say, the source is the solution. Won't you pray with me? Father God, Lord, we thank you for each and every person watching this right now. Lord, I want to say uh, just thank you so much for your presence being here with us, Lord. I believe that your spirit, that your presence will transcend any screen of a person who is watching this right now, God. Lord, I pray that you could do what only you can do, my God. You would transform lives, my God. Lord, let it not just be me speaking right now, God, because my words don't change lives, God. But Lord, let it be you speaking through me because your words change lives. Your words speak to certain people's situations in a way that I never could, God. Because you know every single person watching this. You know them and you've known them their entire life. So Lord, I pray that your presence would just flood their room and let them know that they're loved and you're there for them. In your beautiful name, we pray. Amen. Amen. So studies uh, show that anxiety 
tends to peak during two times in life, during two stages of life. And the first one is childhood, between the ages of five and seven. And the second is in adolescence, so you, your teenage years. Uh, uh, recent studies have also showed us that 15 to 30% of young people will, be, will, will, will have an anxiety disorder before the age of 18, which is significantly higher than ADHD, which is 8 to 10%, which is in most children. Uh, and uh, it's also significantly higher than depression, which is 10 to 20%. And I, I understand, you know, the, that coronavirus is extremely serious. And I don't mean to be insensitive when I say this, but we have to understand that anxiety is a real pandemic in this country. And it's only going to get worse as time goes on. And here's the thing. The truth is we've all dealt with anxiety before. Whether it's your first day of school, whether it's a big test coming up, a report card, whether it's a conflict, a hard conversation you have to have with a friend that you have a problem with, whether it's some kind of confrontation, or whether it's just talking to the crush that you have. We've all dealt with anxiety before. We've all done it. We've all dealt with it. And here's the thing. The truth is, most of us don't just deal with it every now and then. Most of us deal with it every single day. Now the question we have to ask ourselves is why do we deal with it? Why do humans deal with anxiety? Well, in order to understand that, we first need to define what anxiety is. And anxiety is defined as this, a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease typically about an upcoming event or something with an uncertain outcome. So anxiety is this, anxiety is the fear you feel before anything has happened. Anxiety is the fear you feel before the event. Like for, for those of you that have ever played any sports, anxiety is that those butterflies you get in your stomach before you go and you play. Anxiety is the feeling you feel the moment before you step on stage, the moment before. It's the moment before. And, and to a certain extent, we need that fear to stop us from like jumping off a cliff or running in the middle of traffic. But here's the thing. Uh, um, for a lot of us, that fear cripples us day to day. It doesn't help us survive. It keeps us from living. It keeps us from enjoying life. Because what, what happens is we begin to think of so many different possibilities of how a situation could play out. And in the midst of our thinking of these possibilities, we more times than not, I'm not going to say always, but we more times than not only focus on the negative ones. Anxiety is this what-if game where we constantly think of what we could lose if we go and we make a decision. Anxiety is constantly this what-if game that we constantly think of what is at risk of, of, of being lost. What could happen if I fail? We never even think of the possibility of success. That's the crazy part is that when we do think of situations where the outcome could be positive, we tend to think that they're unrealistic. I know that's the truth for me, where it's like, ah, but the, 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 the chances that this would go well for me are highly unlikely. I know that's how I think. But here, here's something that I want you to know. Anxiety is the reminder of how powerless we are in creating any kind of assured outcome. I'm going to say that again. Anxiety is the reminder of how powerless we are in creating any kind of assured outcome outcome. Anxiety comes from a place of realizing that we don't know what's going to happen and we actually have no control of how it's going to play out. See, the source of our anxiety is realizing that we're actually not in control. But friends, can I tell you something crazy? The solution to your anxiety 
is realizing you're not in control. But God is. I can't cause anything to happen, but I know my God can, and my God loves me, and he has good plans for me. So you know what? It's actually a good thing that I'm not in control, because what I think is best for me actually falls so much shorter than what God knows is best for me. Because my Bible tells me that God has plans for me. He has plans for a future. He wants to prosper me. He wants me to live in the abundance of joy and peace and his presence. My God has great plans for me, so why would I just settle for my good plans friends it's a good thing we're not in control the source of our anxiety is the solution to it we're not in control and when we understand that and we accept that and not just let it end there but we understand okay I'm not in control but my God is I'm not in control but Jehovah Jireh is my God the provider is my God the healer he is my God is in control and not only is he in control but he has our best interests in mind come on if you believe that type amen go crazy because God has good plans for you God wants to prosper you God wants to bless you and he's the one who's in control. Our greatest thoughts for ourselves fall so much shorter than God's thoughts for us. God has so much uh, beauty invested in us. God loves us. We're made in his image. We are his children. God is in control and he wants to bless you. He wants to take care of you. He has good plans for you. That's the God we serve. That is God. The source of our anxiety is the solution. We're not in control. I mean, like, if we were to look at the scripture we read earlier, like, let's look at Jesus. He is actually kind of in control. Oh, not kind of. He's in control. He's God himself. But what does he do? He models it perfectly for us. He says, although I am in control, I need to live this out in a way that shows the ones that will come after me. That even when you give up control, the control that you think you have, which is why the coronavirus caused so much anxiety for us, for me especially too, because it eliminates, it destroys this, 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 this idea, this falsity that we are in control and that we can control our destiny and our future. The coronavirus showed us that, hey, you're actually not that much in control. Hey, you actually can't make this end. Hey, you actually cannot cause any kind of crazy, assured outcome the way God can. So it's a good thing that we now understand that. Now, don't misunderstand me. We don't like death. We don't, man, I wish the coronavirus wasn't a thing because I would love to be in the same room with you right now. But if there is any bright side that we could possibly see, could it possibly be that we finally understand that we're not in control? And Jesus has been wanting to show us this, that, hey, when you actually give up control, there is more joy to be had in the presence of God. God in human form, God in the flesh faced anxiety the night before he went to the cross. And what did Jesus do? He deferred to God the Father. It says this in verse 39. My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. He's like, God, this is what I want. And he says, but not my will, God. Not my will be done. Your will, God the Father. He prays, God, I'm anxious. I'm crippled by the fear of what is to come. If that doesn't sound like you, 
Ooh, I don't know what does because that sounds like me sometimes. I am so crippled by the fear of what could come. That is, that, that's me if it's not anybody else. If it's you, type in and let me know I'm not alone, but I know that that's me. Lord, if it's possible, let there be another way. But regardless, God, I give you control and whatever you allow to happen, I'll be okay with that. You see, Jesus could have caused a different outcome. But he modeled for us what it meant to find the solution for our anxiety, for our fear. It was simply to give God control. And the Apostle Paul actually writes this in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. He expresses this so eloquently. Let, let's read it for a second. It says this. It says, do not worry about anything. Now, some of you already checked out. You're like, that doesn't make sense. Trust me, I feel you. I am one of those people too. Don't worry about anything. But he says this, don't worry about anything. And he doesn't end there. He says, instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Verse 7, that it says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we could understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So here, here's all I want to tell you guys today. I have two points, and those points are this. The first point is prayer, and the second point is gratitude. Those are my two points for you today, and let me break them down, okay? They're simple, but I promise you. I promise you that if you really dig in and live these out and you really dig in and you try it, I promise you that peace will guard your heart, that God will be close to you, that God will give you the peace to your anxiety, okay? So for the first point, prayer. And, and to be honest, I am extremely guilty of, of seeing this point um, and having it preached to me and like automatically checking out, like thinking, ah, oh, yeah, prayer... Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, yeah, prayer, prayer is cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I guess it works, you know, like we pray like, God, you know, I love you, like help me, like I need you, you know, yeah, like, it, yeah, it's a good Christian answer. Uh, that, that, that's what I thought, you know, until I, I actually started praying. Um, you know what's crazy? Is that research, I'm pulling up a lot of research, research shows us that prayer actually reduces anxiety. Wow. Prayer actually reduces anxiety. It's amazing that modern science and research actually back up the practice of prayer as being good for you. And you know what's crazy? I actually read another article that says, yeah, prayer could, it could help you. Possibly, it could help you. But here, here's what it depends on. It all depends on the personality of the God you're praying to. Man, that's a whole nother can of worms that we just opened right there. Maybe some of us haven't been finding peace in prayer because we don't have the right belief of who our God is. Maybe some of us haven't found that peace because we don't have the right mindset, the, 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 the right lens of who God is. So it, it poses this really big question for us of, hey, what do you believe about God? You see, could I, could I propose to you today that the source of your anxious and frustrated prayer life is actually also the solution. It's how you see God. The source of why your prayer life might feel off, might feel frustrating, might not be leading to peace, is actually probably the solution to how it can lead to peace. It's how you see God. 
See, some of us see God as this authoritarian, so we have to get everything right. We have to follow a seven-step plan of how to pray and, and what to say and, and how, how we are to approach God. We have to say, hallowed be thy name, Father in heaven, Lord, let thy will be done. Like, we have to approach him with this put-together, cookie-cutter church talk. And, and I want to let you know that, that that's not the God that, like, that, that's not who God is. That's not how God wants us to pray to him. And some of us, some of us see God as silent. And that's why when we pray, we don't hear God because we don't expect to hear God. Can I tell you that as much faith as you go into prayers, as much you're going to receive back? Ooh, yeah. If you go into prayer not expecting to hear from God, you're not going to hear from God because you already have this lens. You already have your mind made up that you're not going to hear anything from him because you see God as silent. Because you see God as not caring enough to actually speak to your situation. And because you actually see God as silent, you get frustrated with prayer. And because you get frustrated with prayer, you don't read your Bible. Why would you read your Bible? It's, about a, it's a bunch of stories and letters to people that have nothing in common with you. If we see God as silent, then he will be silent because we won't even open up our ears to the possibility that he could be speaking to us. The source to your silent prayer life is actually the solution. You have to change how you see God. You can't see God as silent because he's not silent. I promise you, he wants to speak to you. I promise you, he wants to tell you all the beautiful things he has in store for you. I promise he wants to be close to you. And that's another thing. Some of you see God as distant. Man, God is not trying to be distant. But if you, when you go in prayer, if you see God as distant, you will not allow him to get close enough to you to actually deal with what's going on inside of your heart. God is not distant, but if we see him as distant, we push him away. We make him distant. The source to your prayer life is the solution. How do you see God? It's a really big thing that we have to consider, friends. It's something that we need to be mindful of. If we see God as someone who doesn't care enough about our situation to do anything about it, then we won't even bother going into prayer. And if we do go into prayer, then what kind of prayers are we praying? What kind of faith are we praying with? If you go in with the expectation that God wants to speak to you, I can, guarantee, I can almost 100% guarantee you that God is going to speak to you. But the question is, how do you see him? Do you see him as silent? Do you see him as far? Or do you see him as willing to speak to you? Do you see him as a God that is closer than your very breath? My, my, uh, my second point for you today is, is gratitude. And uh, studies actually show us that being thankful and grateful lead to a healthy life. Man, it's crazy because Paul literally says that. He says, pray, pray about everything you need, and then thank him for all that you have. Like, not even thank him for what you're going to have. Like, not even thank him for what, like, like, Jesus, I believe you're going to give me peace. And, Lord, I'm thanking you for the peace that you're going to give me. I'm thanking you in advance, God. That's good. That's cool. But Paul is saying, yeah, that's cool. But thank him for everything you already have. Thank him for what's already in your life. Right? Like, th thank him for that. Lord, thank you for the purpose that I'm going to see come to pass one day. No, 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 no. Hold on. Thank him for the purpose that you're living today. Thank him for what you have today. Uh, a Harvard Medical Research Journal stated that gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness and joy. 
It also says it helps people feel more positive emotions. It helps them appreciate good experiences, improves overall health, and helps people deal with adversity and build strong relationships. All of this simply from being thankful for what you already have. A biblical way uh, uh, not only to reduce anxiety, but a biblical way to live a beautiful, full life. Thankfulness. Just being thankful. Man, what a foreign concept in a consumer-driven Western world. Thankfulness, the appreciation of what we have rather than trying to get more. It's somewhat, like, like thankfulness is somewhat antithetical to the American culture, just to be honest. Like, not needing more, 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 but realizing we have enough, we have enough, we have enough. Understanding that regardless of what I may face in the future, happiness and joy is not something to be chased. Happiness and joy is not found in your marriage 10 years from now. Happiness and joy is not found in your career 10 years from now. Happiness is not found in a paycheck 10 years from now. It's not found in anything that is coming in the future. Joy is found simply being good in the moment. Joy is found now. It's not something to be chased. It's a reality to be living in right now. And if you're constantly chasing it, you're missing out on all the beautiful moments you have right now. Because friends, can I tell you a really harsh reality? Tomorrow is not promised. All we have is today. And if you're not thankful for today, you'll miss out and you'll look back on your deathbed realizing you should have appreciated everything you had because you never attained the joy you were chasing because it was always right in front of you. It was always right in front of you. God wants us to be thankful. Guys, I don't know if you've realized this, but you have a lot. You are already in the top percentages of people in the world. Like, you're richer than a lot of people out there in, in, in other countries. There's so much for us to be thankful for. I want to challenge you. Write down a list. Write down 10 things you're thankful for. Like, like, hey, you have a family. Like, hey, you have clothes. You have shoes. You have a roof over your head. You're not starving right now. You're not out on the streets starving right now. You have access to education, women. You have access to education, young men. You have the opportunity to go to college. You have the opportunity to get a career. You have an opportunity. There's so much to be thankful for right now. But if we're always chasing something else, we'll never even stop and realize it. Anxiety would have us think, anxiety would have us thinking of every possible thing that could go wrong. While God... God's answer to our anxiety has never changed. It could be summed up pretty well in, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. It says this, it says, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food? Isn't your body more than clothing, more than those Nikes and Jordans? Isn't it more than that? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? The answer is yes. Uh, um, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? 
The answer is no. In fact, it probably takes away some of your life. And why worry about clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Verse 29, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares um, so wonderfully for wildflowers that they are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things. Ah. And saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. The answer to today's anxiety about tomorrow is simply living in today. It's spending time in prayer with God today, knowing that He will take care of tomorrow. It's choosing to be grateful for everything in my life today, knowing that God will bring whatever I need for tomorrow, tomorrow. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for these moments that we get together, Lord. These moments are always a beautiful gift from you. Jesus, Lord, I pray that you would help us see you the right way so we, when we approach you in prayer, God, we, we can receive the peace that surpasses all understanding, Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would, you would open our eyes to be grateful for everything you've given us and everything we have, God. Let us realize that joy is here right now, ready for us to enjoy today, God. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I pray that anyone under the sound of my voice, God, if they don't have a relationship with you, Jesus, Lord, I pray that you would stir their hearts to seek you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Bless us the rest of this week. Bless us as we go. And Jesus, just let us live grateful lives, God. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And all God's people said, amen, amen. I love you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in to Gyro City Online. Thanks so much for listening. We hope this week's episode blessed you. And if it did, share with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe and check us out on social media at GyroCityORL. Have a blessed day. And remember, you were made to change the culture.